All right, boys and girls, we're back with another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Cena, and I love following the journeys of the young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I spoke with Will McDowell, the CEO and founder of a meal prep delivery service, Tastily. We covered some amazing topics, and first of which, why Will decided to go into food from his journey of personally improving his mental health and physical health by losing 30 kilograms by utilizing a healthy meal service himself. Also, how Will started a subscription box service where we talked about the logistics, margins, and other operations associated with it. Because I know so many of you have thought about starting a subscription box service company yourselves, whether that's in food, whether that's outside of food. So yeah, we talk about that there and it's really, really useful for people uh, for people who want to start their subscription box service companies. Also, the underlying his strategy of starting this business about a year ago, of taking each day as it came and why he feels his strategy worked and it attributed to the massive growth he's experiencing now. It was such a you know eye-opening conversation. I learned so much. We haven't actually talked about subscription box services on the podcast before. So it's a new one that I really loved exploring and I really hope that you guys enjoy it too. So yeah, that brings me to this week's shout out. So in case you don't know, every week I'm doing a shout out to someone who's left a written review as a way of saying thank you to all the fans, all you guys that are listening, because I appreciate the support so, so much. You have no idea. Uh, how much it means to me it really means a lot so this week it's being given to tanya horus who says fantastic episode super inspirational to listen to other entrepreneur journeys um i think i've just found my morning walk podcast for the rest of the year well i think everyone else <laughs> during lockdown is going for a lot of walks so i'm so glad that you found this podcast and you're enjoying it uh so it spices up your walks because i'm getting really bored of my walks so it's good that you found something to spice it up um so yeah that's really good so if you want to also feature in the next episode in the form of a shout out please be sure to leave a written review with your name so like tanya's done and i'll give you a shout out in the next episode as a way of saying thank you because i appreciate it so so much so yeah without further ado that's it from me so let's get on the episode okay hey will how you doing Hi, Cena. Great, thanks. Thanks for having me on the uh, on the podcast. It's my absolute pleasure. And I firstly, before we get into it, before we get into anything, I really want to thank you so so much for sending me over six of your very tasty meals. I haven't had them all yet. I've only had two. The two that I've had have been like incredible. They've been like packed packed with like fruit, uh, not fruit, packed with veg, and like yeah, they're just like amazingly tasty. So. Yeah, massive, massive thanks to you for that. Excellent. I'm pleased. Pleased you enjoyed them. That's definitely our number one, number one aim for sure. So I guess like there's there's a lot of things that I would love to talk about with you, like because like traditionally, like you you kind of jumped into startups because you had like your pers- personal own like struggle, I guess with with finding good good healthy food. But like we'll go into that for a second. But then we could talk about like fundraising, or we could talk about like the subscription box service that, you, that you're offering, but. I think before we jump into all of that stuff, it'd be really good to guess, I guess, find out a bit about like what is Tastely uh, for people who don't know. Yeah, for sure. So Tastely is a pre-made meal subscription service. Um, so we have a menu of 30 dishes at the moment. Um, we take off two dishes every fortnight um, and add two new ones on to keep the menu fresh. 
Um, they're packed um, in recycled plastic trays and, and cooked by our um, our chefs in-house. Um, so they can be heated up in the microwave in three minutes or in the oven for, for sort of half an hour or so. So yeah, they're, they're chef-made meals that um, definitely have a huge focus on flavour, um, but they're also nutritionally balanced. We make sure they sort of hit the key macros, but we're not we're not super focused on on sort of being a healthy fit food company. We're more about producing delicious meals. So we have dishes like Swedish meatballs and Thai redfish curry. Um, we've also got a sort of Nando's inspired peri peri chicken. So yeah, it's it's kind of like a recipe box, but all the cooking and washing up is done for you. So it takes that that hassle away um, and it's a cheaper option and a healthier option than most sort of offerings from companies like Deliveroo and, and Uber Eats. So yeah, that's, I guess, where we sit in the market. Okay, cool. So yeah, I mean, I've I've seen like a couple similar to it, but it's not a space that I've seen like tons and tons of, of players in there. Like we had someone very, very early on in the podcast. Uh, he actually went to my university. That's how I how I knew him. But um, Rice and Spice, RNS. They they came onto our podcast and like that I haven't apart from them and, and yourselves, I haven't seen that many people in this space. So but at the same time, like it's it's extremely convenient and plus like it's extremely healthy. Like there's no preservatives or anything like that. All the all the ingredients, you know, how how I basically determine if the food's good or not. Um I don't, like this isn't an official thing or whatever, but I look on the ingredients and if I recognize all the ingredients, like if they're actually real thing, then I'm like, okay, this is good. But if there's stuff like sodium deoxydridose <laughs> or like all this stuff, I'm like, yeah, no, nah, this isn't for me, this one. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That that's definitely how we kind of base our food. We want it we want it to be a clean deck is, is what, what we say. So we just want it to be as clean as possible with recognizable ingredients and that makes it much more attractive to, to people who know what they're putting in their in their body. So how long how long has it been running now? It will be a year next week. Um, so yeah, just just under a year, and it, it feels like it feels like it's been a lot longer. We've got through a lot um, a lot in that time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting to to get to that first year. Um, I know it's it can be a challenge for a lot of startups. So yeah, we'll have a little a little birthday party next week, I reckon, with the team. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to talk about your the state of your business right now, and I guess like how how the progress has been how the growth's been because you know we were talking before we hit record uh you, you you're checking out different like places that you want to that you want to set up so there's obviously like a level of growth there which I, i'm really like fascinated to find out more about but before we jump into that i'd love to also find out about i guess the origin story of, of taste like how it all kind of came about yeah definitely i mean my my journey i'm definitely new to the food industry um so I originally I did architecture at uni, so my my life was going to be designing designing pretty buildings, um, and that was what I kind of aimed to do. Um, but I moved to Australia for six months to play some cricket, and whilst I was there, I did door to door sales, um, which I loved. I got the bug for sales and for being able to knock on someone's door and convince them to change their electricity and gas supply, which was which was my role for for six months. So um, I got back to the UK and wanted to get into sales. So I did probably what a lot of uh, 20 to 25 year old blokes out of out of uni did and got into recruitment, um, which turned out to be an excellent opportunity um, for me. I, I proved to be pretty good at it and, and managed to get the chance to move to, to New York after a few years to set up um, the New York branch of, of the company I was working for. Um, that was somewhat moving for that opportunity, but also I would say running away a little bit from the life that I was leading in, in the UK. I was probably 
drinking far too much, eating far too much, and, and sort of having too much fun. So I wanted to I wanted to have a change of my of my life, um, and sort of thought getting to getting to another country was a good option. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, New York is has got probably more fun than London does. <laughs> well, but I mean, the, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll ignore that for now. <laughs> well, definitely, that was what I learned pretty quickly, and that that first year in New York was probably yeah even crazier than the, the time I've been in in, in London, and it, I turned I ended up putting on quite a lot of weight whilst I was out there to the stage that so when I came back for a Christmas, I think my friends and family barely, barely recognised me. And I, I wasn't actually in the best like, physical, but also mental sort of space, I would say. Um, so I wanted to make a change in, in my life. And I was looking into different diets and different plans, always try these fad, fad diets to lose weight and smoothie things. And nothing nothing ever worked because I, I love food. I've, I've always loved food. I'm, I'm a foodie at heart. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up as a, as a diplomat's son, so we lived all over the world and tried different cuisines and cultures. So, and I eat when I'm eat when I'm happy, eat when I'm stressed, eat when I'm bored. It's just just one of those things. that's a big part of my life. Um, but I discovered a meal subscription service over over in the US. Um, it's a much bigger industry over there, much more developed. Um, and yeah, started using that service, and over the course of nine or so months um I lost 30 kilos um and I mean it did did make a big change physically but I think it was more in terms of just like my mindset and an attitude towards what you can put in your body and how you can how you can eat and and just I guess mental clarity as well so it was really um it what it did it changed my outlook on what I wanted to do um and so set the the wheels in motion to to move back to the UK and and to get into the food industry that's really interesting and I think that's like probably the driving force really like finding like finding a good relationship with with food and healthy food and like how it impacts your body and all of that stuff but I'm, I'm quite interested i guess as to like delve a bit deeper into your answer there as to what was the kind of the catalyst or what was the enabler for you to actually make the decision to come back to the uk like did you make the decision to start this food, the, the, you know, to replicate to an extent the the business that you that you were interacting with in the US, in the UK, and that's why you moved back, or was there was there something like another reason? Like, yeah, I'm just interested to find out more about that. Yeah, I did to the extent that I, I mean, my my life, I lived on on LinkedIn as a recruiter, and to the extent that I pestered the CEO of that company in, in the US. Uh, it's called Freshly, for anyone who knows it, um, and dropped him an email, dropped him a message about my story and asking why there isn't a Freshly in, in the UK and why they haven't set one up um, and said, I'll, I'll be the perfect guy. I'm, I'm the picture, the, the poster boy for it. Um, and didn't... Yeah, you I, literally I, are. You lost 30 kilos. Like, I remember Subway, Subway had something similar when they first came to... When they first uh, started growing in the US, like this guy... He lost like, I don't, I, I, yeah, he lost, he lost so like a lot of weight and he became the poster boy for them Yeah, until he yeah. got convicted of being, being a nonce actually, but <laughs> we won't talk about that. That's a true story actually. People could say that was quite funny. Yeah. So I'm, so I, de- so I definitely, it, that definitely triggered it. Um, I did, my life was kind of bookmarked by going overseas and playing cricket or my sales life. So when I decided to leave New York, I thought I'd take six months. And I had some friends in, in New Zealand who who play cricket over there. And I took six months just to have a little break to figure out what I was going to do, how I was going to get into the food industry, um, which was quite quite a nice luxury to be able to do as well. Um, and I started to sort of look into getting into more reputable companies. So the likes of so Mindful Chef, HelloFresh, I was apply, going to apply, apply to them. But then COVID hit and the pandemic 
happened and I had to get the last flight out of uh, of New Zealand before that country was locked down and, and to get back to the UK. So didn't really have anything lined up when I got back yet yeah, on the 24th of March um, last year. So this this day last year. Um, so it was kind of forced somewhat. Um, I was always planning on setting up my own company, but I wanted to learn a bit about the food industry, about how it worked and and um, yeah, I my hand was forced. So I was in quarantine in my parents' spare room for two weeks, and and within a week, so on April the first, um, I set up set up taste. I decided it was it was now or never um, with the way that the the industry was moving, with the way that people were consuming food and how they appreciate um, so food being delivered to their door. I thought that um, yeah, this is definitely the time to do it. Uh, there's there's two questions I'd like to ask. They're very very different, but you could kind of argue two ways with with the the whole COVID thing. You can argue like yeah, a lot of people unfortunately didn't uh, like lost jobs or a lot of people working from home. Where the convenience factor of a you know a meal service isn't as like I guess att- attractive. I don't know. Like data might might say otherwise, but I guess as a hypothesis, you could say that. I don't know. Like that that must have been a thought process, right? It definitely was. I think. Because I'd been, I'd seen the success of this kind of company in the US pre-COVID and it was always something I knew was going to be a great industry. I wasn't building the company just for what we thought was going to be three months, six months of life being affected and then going back to normal. So it was always planning for the long sort of three, five, 10 year, 10 year plan. Um, but I think after three months of cooking the same meals, lunch and dinner, um, I think people have got pretty fed up with um with with cooking to an extent um so and having food where you have to like during the worst of it there was queues outside supermarkets for for hours on on end so it was hard to actually get food so i think it was just making it more or normalizing having food delivered to your door whether it be a recipe box or or a meal subscription kit my my second question, and yeah, I said they were completely unrelated, but it was around, I guess, so you saw that the, the business in the US was was thriving to an extent before COVID. I don't know how they've done after COVID, but... Yeah, they were sold, uh, they sold to Nestle for over a billion dollars oh. last year, so they've, they've done pretty well. So, okay, so you saw the success that they were doing and, and you were kind of forced out of New Zealand for uh, like COVID reasons. So now you're stuck in the UK and like with no kind of like nothing to be doing i suppose I, I what i'm really interested in is like how you got the confidence because as you said you don't come from an entrepreneurship background but i know you always want to start your own business but how did you kind of find the confidence to start a business like around food which i guess like starting architecture and stuff like that i don't know like how good you are as, as being a chef Mm. Uh, I don't know. You must be pretty good, though, right? <laughs> I um, like to think so, but uh, proves prove probably. I can go into a story where it proved not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like, how did you find the confidence to start this? That, that's what I really want to find out. If I'm honest, I I don't think just just setting up, setting it up, and and doing one day. Set, the first thing that I did was figuring out a name, registering a domain, which cost twelve pounds, um, or it cost two pounds to get the domain. And then cost ten pounds to register your company on Company's House, and that at, at that point I was CEO and founder of, of Tastely with obviously not, nothing there on, on April the first. But that that was the first step, um, and then everything after that was just taking every day as it came. And next step, figuring out how how you sort out supply chain, figure out how you sort out the menu, the chefs, the the website, the ordering, everything just kind of 
because I didn't have much pressure on me or much there wasn't much expectation on it it was just a case of figuring out and making sure this is what I wanted to do so every, every hurdle that came I'll just have to tackle that and, and sort of yeah take it take it as it comes that's a very interesting answer and I guess like yeah I suppose like you weren't afraid by by that that risk or whatever because I don't know like you you had a blueprint to an extent you had a blueprint if you knew you knew what worked in in the US and you kind of I guess did you kind of and this is a fine, this is a good thing to do, by the way, like for anyone listening, did you copy them to an extent because you kind of saw their success? That's not a bad thing, by the way, for anyone listening, because you're learning from the people, you're learning from what makes them a good, you know, you're learning from what works and you're learning from what doesn't work and you're improving your own service. It's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely a, a compliment to, to them if you do copy, copy someone. Um, I would say, with the service I used in, in the US, there were some elements to it that I felt like as a customer, I would have improved um, and I would have I would have wanted to have done it differently. So there definitely was somewhat a blueprint, but I wanted to make some, some key changes to how I set up Tastely and to, to how Tastely works. So um, I think I wanted to make it a really customer focused or basically focus for me as a customer and make that journey as easy as possible, ordering and choosing the meals and, and sort of the right sizes and how, how the packaging is designed and things like that. So, yeah, I think there's definitely, you, you can always take inspiration from companies and there's there's no hiding the fact that I was inspired by by Freshly over in, in the US. But I think, I genuinely think there there are some things that we've we've added that that really make the service sort of even better um, than than maybe what what I was using over there. So, yeah, I, I was I would say we were inspired by it. Yeah, that, and that, that's good. Like because you learn from what works and you learn from what doesn't work, and you you brought in your own experiences of how you use them, how you interacted with their service, and you found out oh this this element of their service probably wasn't too good. I can I can add this and and really differentiate myself and make it better. Yeah, um, as yeah. a new service in the UK. Yeah, I think I think one of the key ones for that was with Freshly um, or with the company in the US. That it, for me, on the weight, like losing weight, it was great because there were quite small portions, and it meant you can control your your, your calories and your intake, and and you know knew what you're doing there. Um, but then at the point where I was kind of healthy and I didn't want to, I wasn't trying to lose weight. I was just trying to maintain weight and, and live a balanced lifestyle. There wasn't the meals weren't quite big enough to satisfy me and to like to 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 be the size I needed. So one of the first things we wanted to do was add a regular and large option. So where you can have a regular size is 400 to 500 calories and a large is 600 to 700 calories, which is something that you, you'll be satisfied for lunch and dinner and you won't feel the urge to be snacking on things unhealthy, unhealthy in between. So that was one of the big ma- major changes that, that we made. And I think that's been really popular and we, we see sort of about 35% of our, our orders are, are the larger size meals. Um, so that's something I'm, I was really keen on pushing as, as a, from my personal experience and journey. I was really interested in Will's approach to actually starting this business from, you know, basically from scratch with very little sort of, I guess, experience starting something like this, just, you know, from the experience of actually using a similar service while he was in the US. So I really wanted to kind of delve deeper and understand, I guess, there were two strategies he could have implemented here. And I think a hybrid probably would have worked best for him. So the first is to either take each day as it comes and kind of like push yourself immediately, you know, take it day by day as it were and kind of learn on the job. Well, there's the, the, the second way of, I guess, planning meticulously every small detail before actually delving yourself, and pushing yourself to, to, to start the business. 
So I really wanted to kind of ask Will, you know, which approach he took and why he took that approach. And yeah, I was really interested in that. So we talk about that now. It was definitely the latter. Um, I think I recognized that I wanted to get to serving customers as soon as possible. So could have taken a, a year sort of planning it all out, making sure everything was completely perfect before even sort of launching a website or launching anything. But I wanted to yeah, get get food into customers' hands and, and to, to see what their thoughts are, whether they enjoy it, whether the service could work. So I kind of put my my recruiter hat on from pretty early on to, to build a team around me to find the right kind of people who, who could design the menu, who could be, um, so Steve, who's a director in the company, he's our head chef. Um, so I found him pretty early on, um, who's got a production unit where we do the cooking, um, building the website again, that was, that was super early. I mean, to the extent that so I always knew that we would have to pack the food um, and for it to be, we use modified atmosphere packaging, which basically means the food lasts fresh for seven days in the fridge. So it means you only have to deliver once a week and it's sort of a better experience. Um, so I always knew we would have to do that packaging and I bought the machine on lease um, at the point where I thought we would be cooking out of my, my local cricket club's kitchen. Um, and the machine wouldn't even fit through the door in into the kitchen. So I was kind of always one step ahead in, in terms of how how much we wanted to get to and how many customers we wanted to, to deliver to. So, um, yeah, I think it was definitely just jump in, make mistakes like that, but with the aim to to be growing and to be building a team who can who can keep progressing the, the company. I, throughout like the business that I've started, Wing, I, it's the similar sort of strategy that we're implementing, although it's taken like a bit of time because we've had to do a, a bit more planning where we sold a few units and then now we've we've had to step away because we couldn't handle the orders because we didn't have the technology there. Uh, so we've had to make the technology now in order to like, I guess, scale up. And I guess for you, it was a case of, I guess, testing out different recipes, testing out different like flavors, seeing what worked and then and then scaling up from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I originally I was doing the cooking myself. So this is where we can touch on my cooking skills. I'm, I'm a decent home cook. I can cook it. I can cook a good steak um, and I've got some nice pasta dishes. But I decided that I was going to cook versus some friends and family and neighbors and there was 16 people that I was going to cook eight different dishes for um, in in one in one go, and I thought I'd planned it all out, sort of mapped it kind of the night before, went to the shops and got all the ingredients, and it turned out to be a lot of cooking and um, way out of my reach. There's there's a video on my phone of of me having a bit of a breakdown in the kitchen, just like I can't I can't do this. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be doing. This is probably the end of it. But um, so I, yeah, it was it was definitely testing out the food. And at that point, that was when I got a hold of Steve and, and we started cooking in a, in a professional kitchen and started really planning out the menu with, we got a Michelin star trained um, development chef to work with us as well um, on, on creating the, the first dishes. So yeah, brought in some expertise to, to make sure the food was amazing because that's, that's the key thing at the beginning that the product has to taste great. Um, but then you mentioned technology as well. That was definitely a big focus for us because we, we knew from my experience in the US, the website and the app had to be flawless because otherwise you're going to get customers complaining and, and you, you don't want that. So um, I, I reached out to, um, I was looking for agents, people who had built sort of my competitors' websites to see if there was a way that I could get a website built on the cheap, a, a sort of a custom website built because the source code was already there. Because um, I, I tried Subly, which is like a subscription model website builder, but it just didn't have 
the functionality we would need for what is quite a complex sort of ordering system. But yeah, I found found the agency thankfully that built two of my two of our competitors' websites that were two of the best ones, and and they were available and um, have got a great relationship with them, and they're still working on the website today. And it's it's a very complex website on on the back end. The front end is going through a redesign at the moment, but yeah, technology was definitely a big a big one for us as well. Well, you touched a little bit on, I guess, the the mental challenge of starting this, like when you you're like close to giving up, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I think that's a very common thing that happens in every sort of business where the founder has that sort of, that, that sort of, I guess, apprehension or cold feet or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'd love to find out more about, about that and like how I guess you kind of face that as, because there's a lot of uncertainty, especially when you're on your own. And it sounds like at the beginning you were on your own as a solo founder. Yeah, yeah. I, and that the solo founder thing, I think, it would have been it would have been nice to ha- early on to have someone there to to sort of take some of the strain because it was you deal with all the highs on your own but also all the lows on your own and they, they can be pretty tough um, and there have been times throughout where it has has been challenging whether it be just in terms of not have, not sure if I'll be able to do this with my lack of experience to um, financially there's been times where it's got very close to the wire as well um, but it's just. I think once you start the journey and you every time you get over an issue or get over a problem, you it sort of helps you know that in the future you'll be able to get over more and it just keeps driving you forward. So there's always a solution to get out of a problem. Um, that's what I've I've kind of learned. And even no matter how close you get to thinking this is it, um, you'll always be able to find a way out if you if you really, really care about what you're doing and really want to get out of it. Um and that's sort of yeah, that's that's how I've how I've managed to get to this point today, I reckon. Yeah, and this point, I guess, just for people to know, like at this point, like you're raising investment and you're like looking to grow uh, even further. And like we'll, we'll try to find a bit of time to talk about the investment side. But so you talked about the financial stuff, and I, I guess like that being a bit of a at the beginning, like quite or like during the middle of it, whatever, like being quite difficult. Uh, full dis- disclosure, like I, while I was at university, I, I was looking into building a, a subscription box service based around food, not, not, not in your niche at all. It was, it was a different sort of service, a bit competing more with, I guess, HelloFresh and Gusto, but the, the margins are like extremely, extremely tight because you're, you're, you're in an area where the margins are already pretty, like, they're not very, I guess, uh, encouraging you're in you're in food and you're in like box services where you know transportation is expensive because you have to invest in uh like well the logistics but also like keeping the keeping the food fresh and and all of that stuff which i know like i i've spoken to someone where they have to post post food and it's like frozen food so it's like even even harder to to post so I guess why firstly why did you decide to go down the subscription box service and secondly like how, how tough has it been or is it like or like maybe I can kind of gave up but in actual fact like it's a lot easier than it probably was <laughs> I mean it's certainly not easy I, th- I think we set up a subscription box because that's the experience that I had being a customer I discovered so, so I was in a co-working space in New York and someone from an unrelated office on an unrelated floor had a meal in, in the fridge that I, I saw them have for lunch. And I thought that looked great. I signed up for the service one week and I was a customer for nine months. Um, and that's 
having that kind of retention and having customers that are regularly ordering, it means you don't have to get brand new customers every week if you have an amazing product. Um, so you can have regular income coming from these customers um, as long as you keep them on board. So I think it's much more, you can have a much more of a relationship with those that you're giving food to, which is already quite an intimate thing. Um, so that's something that I've, I've definitely enjoyed. I mean, in terms of the margins, um, being, a, being from a sales background, I negotiate on everything. And I think that is something for any, in any industry and for any founder, negotiating even where you feel uncomfortable negotiating you should always be doing that because every little every part of that margin every saving that you make is is crucial and I, I was negotiating to the point with with some people for different elements where they they've probably never been negotiated on before but if you don't ask the question you don't you don't know what you'll be able to get so um yeah we've always been structured to be a mat to, to to cater for a lot of customers that's our aim we want to have massive growth so the margins are going to be lower at this stage but down the line that that will definitely benefit us especially with i guess economies of scale when it comes to packaging and delivery and and, and supply chain yeah i mean you, you need volume at the end of the day like uh just to to reach the economies of scale but it's also uh you know increase your your customer lifetime value and all that stuff, which is which is like extremely important in your space. Um, so it's it's an it's a different business model, and it comes you know with pros and cons. I think for your like what you're in, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but at the like at the same at the same time, I have seen a lot of people who have brought different subscription box service ideas to me and like other people, and it's like you don't need to make the subscription subscription box service. Like I feel like it's a very trendy thing at the moment. It's a very trendy business model that a lot of people are kind of going after. I don't know if you've seen a similar thing. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I think again, with, with how the world has changed in the, in the last, in the last year, I mean, cardboard stock has, has rapidly decreased because everyone's all, everyone's having box services and everyone's yeah, sending stuff in boxes. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it is somewhat trendy, but I think it's a trend that's going to stick and is going to last forever. It's the way the way the, the world is going. People are getting more and more used to ordering things to their home. Um, I think we definitely we definitely want to try and be as flexible as possible with the subscription and even move away from that that word subscription. Um, we haven't come up with what, what the other word would be yet, but um, it's not locking people in every single week. We, we, we offer flexibility to order every fortnight or every every month. Um, that's going to be part of our new our new website. Um, because, because, yeah, it's, it's sort of replacing the, sort of those unhealthy meal options, but it doesn't have to be every, every single week. So, yeah, I, I think I think it is a trend that's going to going to stay. Yeah. I mean, the challenge I have for that, like, I don't agree or disagree with you, but I'm just interested because with subscription, there isn't just like post subscription services. There's other subscription services that exist, you know, like Netflix being a very good example of that. And it's like, I've seen from a psychological standpoint, there is a point where it's called, uh, what's it called? It's, oh God, it's called, maybe it's, uh, it's something around, I think it's called subscription fatigue, where you have... And there's, there's, a, there's a theoretical limit as to how many subscriptions one person can have before they feel the pain too much and they start cancelling uh, a number of them. I can't remember what that number is. That's probably quite important to you, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, so 
I, I'm quite interested to see because subscription as a whole is growing very rapidly because it's a, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of, a lot of businesses because it's recurring revenue. But will we get to a point where subscription, like there's a challenge, like psychologically there's, there's a push back on it. I, I'm quite interested to see that trend personally. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a very interesting trend. It's something that I'll have to look into subscription fatigue after, after this call and do some research into that to, to start thinking about it. I, I think, yeah, I, I, the industry will, will react to that and there, will be, there will, probably will be movements in that. But I think it's, it's all about adapting and, and moving with what, what works. So um, I think, yeah, I, it's, that's, that's a challenge that could face in the future, but I, I personally probably don't, don't see don't see that being a huge issue for for this kind of subscription when it when it is when it's when it's yeah meals being delivered so it's your, your lunch and dinner bit arriving instead of having to cook it or instead of having to have a recipe box arrive it's just it's already already cooked so yeah I, it's an interesting one though it's something to look into for sure mm, yeah i mean it's a theory at the end of the day you can you can take or leave it right it's like it might not happen in reality it's just like a concept um but I, I'd love to, for the for the last like few minutes, I'd love to talk about, I guess, what where your business is at the moment, like what the stage of growth is. Has it surprised you? Has it like not surprised you? Like what's what's going on with Tastely at the moment? Yeah, it's it's been it's been good. It's definitely we're we're at the point now where we've secured some funding, which is going into sort of marketing campaigns, and we're now talking about cost per acquisition and how, how much it, it costs to find customers and and sort of driving driving that growth forward so we, we've seen i mean we've do- doubled our weekly revenue in the last last couple of months which which has been good to see and that sort of seems like it's heading in an upward trend we're, we're looking at new units to move to our own sort of central production unit which is going to be three or four times the size that we're in at the moment so yeah it's, it's a really exciting exciting time for us i've just I put an offer in, as I mentioned earlier, for for, for a unit today. Um, also had a final interview with a, a marketing assistant today. So the team the team's growing. There's three full time staff at the moment, and it's hopefully going to go up to sort of four or five in the, in the next uh, next few weeks. So it is. It's it's um yeah. It's it's all all go 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 at the moment. That is pretty crazy because I mean I I for a split second now I forgot that you you're only like a year old. Like it is quite remarkable, actually, if you think about it, because a lot of businesses take, you know, years before they can hire that many people. Like, yeah. So, yeah, massive credit to you for sure. Yeah, I I think it's for me, it was important to build, start building a team reasonably, reasonably early. I I think up until January, I was the only only full time hire. So that's sort of covering a lot of the the marketing, the customer service, the, the sales, the all kind of elements and I was also in the kitchen for, for parts of it so um we have we have sort of yeah a team of between eight and ten in the kitchen now on, on our production days but so I don't have to be doing the wash the washing up or the veg prep as much but um but yeah it's it's, it's nice to have to start really building a good culture and good team around us and, and that's definitely going to continue this this year with some key hires cool so I guess last question for me is what does the future hold like where where do you kind of see it going in the future yeah, we've got a really exciting six to twelve months coming up um, for sure. So obviously, with this investment round and having spoken to some amazing investors so far, um, we've we've got some funds to be able to invest in the site move, and and then that's a big part of the next next few months. Um, and then also key hires and uh, and really driving up our customer numbers um, as a big focus on 
the food and, and the food quality and making sure we're develop, developing some new, exciting, delicious dishes. Um, we've also got a new summer range coming out that's going to have hot and cold elements to it. Um, so that's that's in process at the moment, which we're really excited to launch because that is going to be something quite different um, in, in the industry um, currently. Um, and we've also got a partnership um, with a charity called Chefs in Schools. Uh, from, from the beginning, um, the purpose, we wanted to set up a purpose um, for Tastily. Um, and Chefs in Schools, they offer education and, and, and training for, for, for children, um, teaching them about the joys of cooking, the benefits of eating well, of, of knowing about the ingredients you're, you're putting into your food. Um, and they also... Um, put chefs into schools as the food educator and as the um the the, the 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 sort of main school chef which is which is a great cause so for every meal or every box that's purchased um through tastily we will pay for the ingredients for a, a kid to learn how to cook in one of their cooking classes so it's a cause that i'm definitely passionate about and we're looking forward to to as we grow and as we scale to be helping out more and more children and to be supporting chefs and schools more so yeah there's there's a lot a lot going on um over the next next few months and, and the next year um and we're really excited to, to to see where this journey takes us well will thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been such a pleasure having you on and again such a pleasure to, to taste your food it's, it was it was lovely like it was it was so good so i guess as as a last remark, uh, how can people stay in touch with you and stay in touch with Tastely going into the future? Because I'm sure, like, if people are listening to this within a year's time, you're probably going to have to, like more staff and like it's going to be a lot more growth. So, yeah, just I guess really excited for them to to stay in touch with your journey. Yeah, for sure. So you can they can follow us on uh, on social media. So on Instagram, it's at Try Tastely. Um, you can check out the the website, which is just tastely.co.uk. You can see the menu there. We're going through a rebrand and a, uh, a redesign at the moment. So that's going to be changing over the next next month if, if you want to see what it looks like now and then check it out in a month's time. Hopefully they'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, but yeah, I would say Instagram and, and the website are the main, uh, the main. Okay, nice one. Yeah, definitely, definitely follow Will uh, Tastily on, on there and definitely like, uh, yeah, check out. I actually really like the website. I thought it was really cool. Like I haven't, yeah, I showed one of my friends. He's like, "Wow, their website's really cool." <laughs> I, I guess, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always want to be improving and and, and adapting things, so um, that's something we've been working on. Yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Will. Thanks for taking the time uh, chatting to me. Thank you so much for yeah, coming thanks, on. Yeah, Is there any time? It was great to chat. No, yeah, my pleasure. I guess we'll wrap up there. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on again, and uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. Perfect. I'll speak to you soon, Cena. Have a good one. Bye. 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 All right, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. And thank you so much for staying to the very end of the episode. I know it's quite difficult to stay to the very end. I know like everyone's very busy. So I really do appreciate it um, so, so much. If you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts because it helps me out so, so much. So yeah, um, also follow us on Instagram. That's where all the new episodes get announced and all the previews, all of that good stuff. You surely don't want to miss any new episodes coming up. I've got some huge ones coming up. I can't say too much now, but yeah, follow us on Instagram. You'll find out more very soon. So yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening again and I'll see you in the next episode.